Well, I really enjoyed that. And I'm not currying favour with UKW because nobody who's listened to my podcast, and there are many of you, there are more than 100,000 now. Yes, I'll have to do some kind of party. I'm thinking of inviting Paul Weller to sing. I'm not sure he'll turn up, but you never know. I don't know why Paul, but um, we could talk about his first solo album and uh, called Paul Weller and why nobody likes it, apart from me. It's only me in the whole world, I think. I mean, I've, I've asked on many occasions. Nobody's ever come to me. Maybe that's because they don't want to speak to me. And I can understand that. Anyway, I really enjoyed this UKW showdown. And clearly, they are putting a lot of their efforts into this. And I understand why. It was um, showdown with Brett Hadley, the voice of UKW. A little bit of uh, Margaret Thatcher for you there. Not, not a, uh, an impression I do very often, because I need a shower afterwards. But, and I'm just about to have a bath, so that's nice. But, is uh, there with, um, with Mustafa Khan. And they make a, um, a likeable pair. Yeah. But it's the, it's the matches that I really like. I mean, I watched Ignite the other week, didn't I, last week? And it was... I thought it was becoming something and I wasn't sure what it was becoming because Leonie Rose has, has, has gone to the good side which leaves Chris Castle and um, Johan Hunt in the Empire and um, Leonie will be in the first match here which is blooming great versus Cliff Harrison so you know it's going to have good work here so there are such great moves as a lovely bridging suplex from Leonie Rose huge clothesline from Cliff Rose coming back with a great German suplex and a draping DDT for the pin. So she won, and Cliff didn't get that much offense in. She looked like she was really in control, and I like that. It works for me very nicely. Now, Chris Castle, the car soul, you know, um, he's sort of left on his own, really, because although he's with Johan Hunt in the Empire, and he and Johan Hunt will make an appearance in a minute, um in this little vignette, you know. Really, he's not of Johan Hunt's nefarious stripe, which is where Johan still is. He's still the champion, you know, the TV champion, and quite right. And out comes Chris to speak to Leonie Rose when she's still in her pomp, you know, having beaten Cliff Harrison, to say that he wants to do things the right way. And he'd like her to join the Empire, because she left the other week, and... He'd like her to join the Empire so they can do it the right way. Now, that might be something that could be interesting if you didn't have the third leg of a rather wobbly stool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm comparing him to a stool. Yes, Johan Hunt, who really... He, you, you can never be sure. Okay, if, if you say, right, I'll come back because I know you want to do things the right way. Johan's always going to say... Yeah, but we're doing things this way now, aren't we? So I'm going to smack somebody with a chair. Well, I never expected that. Well, you should have done, really, because I've not changed my ways. So she says, no. Thank you very much, but no. And um, Hunt comes in and tells her that she's out. She's out of the Empire. You're barred. Well, it's like um, the story that John Lord told, you know, in um, Deep Purple, in, in, in the fourth incarnation, when they broke for all those years. And they had the final gig of the tour and John Lord and Ian Pace the drummer were in the were in the dressing room saying it's 
it's it's over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ten minutes later, in breezes or storms, David Coverdale, marvellous, the singer saying, I'm leaving the band. And saying, there's, there's no band to leave. It's that sort of thing. He tells her she's out, but she was never in. Not recently, anyway. So there you go. Now, Hunt's on duty now versus Jacob Reed. This is blooming good. It's better than I expected it to be. And there is a huge Reed, Reed power, uh, power slam, well sold, by, um, by Johan Hunt. And then Johan hits a counter DDT when uh, Reed's got him up there. He's arguing with the ref, is Johan Hunt, who looks remarkably like Ryan Moon. I mean, maybe he's got a brother. Is it Brian Moon, that one? Brian, yes. Anyway, Reed's shotgun dropkick always looked fantastic. And then he hits the delirium forearm for a long two count. He used to finish with that. Not anymore. Nice bridge on a tight suplex. It's a, it's a fisherman's, I suppose. And that's what Brett tells us it is. And he's probably right. But it's a new movie's busted, busting out. And um, it's beautifully done. Very tight. Very good bridge. Love it. However, Hunt gets the phantom stomp for the pin and he always finds a way to win, doesn't he? Keeps the belt. That was a good match. Next, Andrew Jepson's back and he's fighting Sebastian Mercer. So, you know, this is going to be a big man against a man who thinks he's big, but maybe isn't as big as Andrew Jepson is. So what Mercer does, which is he's got smarts, such, such good smarts. He works the leg, puts Jepson down briefly, Gets that kick to the leg, to the hamstring. Jepson picks him up in a side slam. Later on, he'll try that again, and his leg will give way. Yes. Harrison is out to hold. Actually, he tried it earlier on. That's right, because this is when Harrison comes out. Because, of course, they're part of the Breaking Body Studios. I I don't don't know. I just don't know. With uh, Sebastian Mercer. And he holds onto... Um, Andrew Jepson's leg, which causes an altercation between them, and I think some fisticuffs. And then he turns around to a low blow, the ref doesn't see it, and um, it's the Emerald Bullet, which is really the Emerald Frozen, isn't it, for the pin. And uh, it was surprising that he got the pin, even nefariously, from Jepson, whose big return, as Brett points out, quite rightly so, Mr. Brett, quite rightly. It's been ruined. But here comes Henry Winter, who sees to both of the opponents, and then Jepson wants to shake his hand. They've had previous, and they've had happy times and sad times. All of that, you know. And he, the great thing is, Winter, I mean, Henry Winter's great wrestling psychology here, ignores the hand, goes over to the ropes, rushes back and hugs him. Now that is really good wrestling psychology. The crowd popped and that was really good. As was Chris Castle versus Case and Riley. Because these can both go, including Chris Castle. And that might surprise you. But um, he got a lot of offence here, Chris. A nice elbow from from Kaysen. Elbow drop, should I say. Nice leg drop from Chris. He loves that move and he's quite right. He likes that one. And the Mishinoku driver. He will hit that later on for a long two count and it will look brilliant. Earlier on, though, you've got Castle coming back with some hefty forearms, a big uppercut, and then he caught him off the top, did Chris, and hit a fallaway slam, which was blooming lovely. However, he fell to the case and point for the pin. Yeah, you see, I got it. 
Oh, well, it's not. It's case in point, isn't it? Case in. Case in. Case in. Case, case in with the case in. Case, case. The, the case in. Oh, dear. It was good. It was energetic. And fans seemed to like Chris Castle afterwards. He went and shook hands with them and fist bumped and slapped fists and high-fived and all that. And they liked him. This, though, is not your main event, but it really, really should be. Because it's Cayman Carlisle versus Joe Sedgwick, and it is bloody great. Even considering the ending, which was a bit hokey, although they got a twist on it, not a twist of fate, but, or hate, but they got a twist on it. They both bailed early on, because you know Cayman likes to do that, so he bailed, as did Joe. Cayman went to do it again, and didn't do it. Crowd were loving all this. Then there's an early power slam from, from Joe for a one count, only a one count. He rather jumped into a clothesline, did Joe, when uh, came and moved him over the top, or clotheslined him over the top, but then was lying in wait for him to smack him in the face as soon as he tried to do his leap through the ropes. So Joe leapt over the top, right onto him, showed him, showed him how it was done. Lovely draping DDT from Cayman Carlisle. Fantastic work. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Joe Sedgwick is just the person who's... He's very like Cayman. He's getting to know that psychology. He can really do it in the ring. They can both really go. Cayman Carlisle is just extraordinarily good. And all that wrestling stuff. But Sedgwick comes back with a blue thunderbomb, which he's very good at, and I love it. And then um, a huge lariat from Cayman... A long two, not surprising, very long two count, 2.99, or maybe 2.85, not surprising. I mean, he put his, his heart and soul into it. Then we get Damien Black's music. Cayman is the, he's the, he's the heavyweight champion. Yeah, apparently so. I'm not sure about that. But there you go. I'm sure he is, but I'm not sure that you want him to be. Anyway, his music plays. Cayman Carlisle is the number one contender, which is great. He doesn't let the distraction bother him, which is good, because I thought, he's just going to walk into a boot or something. He doesn't let the distraction bother him. Goes for the twist of hate, falls to a backslide. Joe gets the pin. Surprising and not the way I expected it. What a stupendous match. Both back and forth. And your main event, which we've seen earlier, is Ian Creed with Red Brocco. Or Ian Sedgwick with Red Brocco. They're kind of... One's a behaviourally challenged wrestler, the other one's a doer wrestler. Yeah, all of that. Versus JPR and Uther. JPR's joined the firing squad, hasn't he? Which is why whenever I see his posts, or anybody else's posts on Facebook, he's always telling us, guns up. He stopped doing that a bit now, actually. Good. Now then, um... He's got a funny thing going on, JPR. I mean, I think I'll get used to it, but it was a bit odd. Not seeing him do it before, in which he covers his face and dances in front of Ian Creed. And he was doing that later as well. Ian wanted to touch tips with him. Yes, the tip touching, uh, because they were tag team. Tag team, weren't they? They weren't tag team champions, they were a tag team. Not for very long, a couple of spit, but there you go. You've got a big ripcord clothesline from Creed, who can really wrestle, and... Sort of arm, they share arm ringers, which is lovely actually. They get out of it, get another one in. Uh, this is Brocco and JPR, really nicely done. Uther and JPR really do, yeah, he's the other bloke in, the, in it, Uther. Um, they really do tag well. The Shearer kicks in there, yep, and um, 
McQueen and Brocco double hip toss. That's really the only double teaming they did together. But this is the ending, and it's really well worked by JPR and Ufa. JPR throws Brocco out, so he's not really a, a, a feature. He distracts um, Ian Creed by saying, Come on, here I am. Uther smacks him from the back, and JPR hits the lights out DDT for the pin. It weren't bad as a wrestling match. It were very good as a psychological match, and this was just great from beginning to end. Fabulous. And why? They concentrated on the wrestling, and all the angles came from that. Funny how that's often good in wrestling programmes, eh? Wrestling. Ta-ta.